The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hello and welcome to this edition of Stockhead's Rock Yarn. I'm your host, Peter Strachan. Today we move to South Africa, looking at what Kinetico Energy has embarked on as it moves to develop a substantial coal seam resource within the Permian Age coals, right in the industrial and commercial heart of that nation. To assist, we are delighted to be joined by Adam Sirikowski, who is the Managing Director of Perth-based financial intermediary Trident Capital, as well as the non-executive chairman and a substantial shareholder of Kinetico. Welcome, Adam. Thanks very much, Peter. Two decades ago, Adam, South Africa was the pride of Africa from an energy supply standpoint. But after many years of chronic lack of capital spending, a failure of alternative energy sources and a growing demand from a rapidly rising population, the the nation now experiences frequent shortages and high prices. How does this situation play into the business model for Connecticut? Yeah, Peter, the South African situation is one that has evolved in our favour for um, for nearly over a decade now, and that's premised by their endemic problem with their coal-fired power stations, which are operated by ESCOM, the state-owned South African power utility. Now, those power stations, uh, many of them are very aged. Uh, many of them rely on uh, deeper coal, dirtier coal and more distant coal, which has made their continued operation most uneconomic and the billions and billions of dollars needed by that country to try and refurbish and uh, regenerate those uh, coal-fired power stations is is not something that the company can afford. Uh, And amongst all of that is, of course, the fact that uh, coal is... um, is not the most environmentally friendly source of energy and uh, even countries such as South Africa are openly looking for clean power solutions. So with that as the context, Kinetico and its business model to produce onshore gas from shallow accumulations of uh, coal bed methane is is something that um, we've been looking at for a long time and developing and and now is really well placed to provide hopefully a, uh, a really substantial economic solution for a major power crisis in that country. Yeah, I looked at South Africa about a decade ago and even in those days they were talking about needing 1,000 megawatts per annum of new power capacity, which would be about six, six and a half million tonnes of coal every year additional and and it just hasn't happened as you said, they just haven't spent the money. So uh, your company, Kinetico, currently has about a 2C contingent gas resource of 1.5 trillion cubic feet. How does it propose to expand this resource and convert them into commercial reserves? Peter, the exciting thing for us is that contingent resource was provided to us by our independent certifiers in Denver, Colorado in 2014-2015. And that was only after an assessment of what is now approximately 15% of the prospective geology over which our rights are situated. 
And of course, the location of those rights is, is premier in relation to infrastructure, which we can talk to in a minute. But we are, we are now in an aggressive expansion phase to grow those resources. And to do that, we have um, uh, aeromagnetic and, and other exploration programs currently underway. And indeed, we've been doing a lot of work in the last 24 months behind the scenes before our relisting a few months ago to improve our understanding and interpretation of the gas. And we think that that's going to be very favourable to our certifiers who we have now gone back to to seek a recalculation. Um, and we expect to have those results in the very near future. Well, that plays very uh, closely into my next question, which is uh, uh, what has the past drilling work discovered about the thickness and depth of these Permian coals in the Karoo Basin there where you're operating, as well as their gas content, the permeability, water content, and uh, the likely gas flow rates that could be achieved? Yes, this has been Kinetico's journey to identify that potential commercial gas accumulations can occur in, in what is effectively very shallow gas formations. The, the coal seams, which are very well understood in this region, um, of course, as you mentioned, the, uh, the incumbent South African coal producers have drilled thousands and tens of thousands of core holes in the Karoo Basin, all in the region of, over which we have our rights. So we understand with precision where the coal seams are. And those coal seams range from just a few metres, Peter, to many, many metres. And, and as the Karoo Basin gets deeper, they, they can get thicker and thicker. And we know these coal seams are very gassy. We know many South African coal mines had to close because of the gassiness of the coal. So, so the thickness and the gas content is, is very, very confident. Over the years, we've drilled over 20 uh, simple barefoot completion holes, all of which flowed gas. They, they were followed up by uh, approximately seven flow testing holes, and some of which achieved very, very good flow rates in, in excess of 330,000 cubic feet a day. So we know the, the coal is also um, very uh, prosperous, has good permeability. In the last respect, which is the water, this also is looking very favourable. We don't frack. The water that's being produced from these shallow holes is, is quite insignificant in comparison to, to other conventional CBM fields around the world. And in some respects, the hydrology we've done shows that some of that water might even be useful for uh, domestic agricultural um, farms, etc. Yeah, so having potable water and uh, good permeability, that's a good start. And of course, a lot of the, as you said, a lot of the uh, calcium gas in Australia, they have to pump away there for months before they actually get gas breaking through. And it's uh, quite expensive to, to deal with that. How deep are these coals? Uh, are we talking 200 metres or 400 metres? And, and what thickness of coal seams uh, are you, will you be targeting? Yeah, correct, Peter. So, so at this stage, the shallower coals are uh, interpreted at, uh, two to three hundred meters, um, but as we go deeper into the Karoo Basin, we have intercepted coals down to about five hundred meters. This, is, of course, is still relatively shallow drilling. Um, most of our drilling will be be in the order of um, those sort of depths, and and it, it accounts for very uh, cheap drilling um, in the magnitude of um, two hundred to three hundred thousand US dollars per well. And as mentioned before, those coal seams range from um, a few metres up to uh, approximately 10 metres. 
Oh, well, that'll that'll uh, is a good background to 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 commence with. So, Adam, uh, regulations in South Africa South Africa require foreign companies to partner with a black empowerment enterprise. So, can you explain to the listener how your company works with its partner, Badimco? and how project funding is arranged going forwards for Kinetico's 49% interest in the joint venture operating company, Afro Energy. Absolutely. So we started this process with our listing with our partner, Bademo Gas, approximately nine years ago in South Africa. So it has been a a long journey and uh, we have enjoyed uh, strong relationships with that partner. Um, at times, there has been um, some some elements of um, of misunderstanding or pause in our relationship, but we say uh, that that is uh, tantamount to any re- relationship that um, survives the test of time. And now we have a situation whereby we own 29% of an incorporated joint venture company in South Africa called Afro Energy. Uh, Bademo owns 51%. That is in an economic sense. But at a legal sense, Peter, we actually own 50% each. So um, there is uh, there is no um, uh, no legal ownership one side or the other that can affect the relationship. So we have uh, good understanding. We we have uh, absolute compliance in respect of all of the regulations. We've worked hard over the last 24 months with Bademo Gas to achieve all of those standards. And in relation to funding going forward. We have a, a pro rata understanding on the funding, but we are together exploring significant in-country institutional funding. And that, that is being done through um, South African institutions that have funding appetite for the development of um, gas production fields. So at the moment, the, you're a heads up funding. It's not like you're uh, paying uh, 100% and expect to get the, uh, your 50% back from a production eventually. It's, it's heads up as, as we stand. Look, absolutely, Peter. We, we have a situation at the moment whereby uh, we are in an exploration phase, but we are probably really focused on a production phase. We, we believe that we can develop a a pilot production field based on some of the exceptional flow testing results that we achieved and the uh, gas water separation and technical uh, exploration we've done over the last 24 months. That sort of funding we're looking at obtaining from significant South African energy institutions. Okay, excellent. So um, you mentioned this Aramag survey, which is you know, being acquired at the moment. What, uh, what's the purpose of this and, and what, do you, what do you expect it to deliver to the joint venture? Yeah, so the aeromagnetic surveys, which we conducted for the first time uh, approximately four years ago, really showed us unparalleled definition of uh, the geology that could host these, these gas reservoirs, Peter. And as a result of that, one of the first things we wanted to do was to fly some some more aeromagnetic surveys over a much larger portion of our exploration rights. And to that extent, the current survey being flown is, is some 300% larger than the one that was flown five years ago. And we expect that that is going to help define a multitude of further reservoirs where we can plan 
both our exploration drilling and potentially our pilot field locations. But beyond all of that is that this information will be fed back to our certifiers in Colorado. And hopefully, as was the case uh, five years ago, it could possibly lead to a, uh, an upgrade in our resource definitions. And once the geologists get a hold of this data, Adam, I'm sure they'll be pointing out the sweet spots where, uh, you know, the coal is thickest and there's likely to be better permeability. So that would be a good uh, place to start to do your pilot plant work. And if you can get, like they do in uh, Queensland, flow rates of over a million cubic feet a day from each well, then that's going to be an absolute winner for you. Yeah, absolutely, Peter. We we would say to uh, investors and shareholders that the highest flow rates uh, that we've achieved were indeed from holes that were not placed in, in optimal positions. We didn't have the benefit of aeromagnetic data in, in, in that stage of our development. So we're really, really optimistic about, uh, as you just said, being able to uh, interpret this information and, and optimise our well locations find those sweet spots. So can you tell us a bit about the uh, infrastructure that you've already got around your project and how that might assist development and commercialisation options going forward? Yeah, look, Peter, this, this is one of the real key aspects of our project is that our rights exist only approximately 150 kilometres southeast of Johannesburg, obviously South Africa's largest city population there of um, approximately 14, 15 million people. And around and surrounding all of our rights is abundant energy infrastructure. And if I take that to you in a couple of examples, um, the Lilly Pipeline, which is the country's most significant gas pipeline, which flows down from Mozambique, actually flows, uh, or sorry, intersects nearly um, the middle of, of our exploration rights. Uh, not only that, we are surrounded by not just uh, one very close power station, but 10 other power stations, uh, which all have high voltage electricity networks intersecting themselves and, and our site. And because of that, and as you alluded to, um, the, many, the many trucks and railroad infrastructure that is in place to service those power stations all, all goes effectively all the way through our rights. So, so we have significant existing infrastructure. It is infrastructure that in most instances has capacity, Peter, and we already have, um, we have dialogue with many of those utilities operating that infrastructure who would be delighted to welcome power into it. Yeah, so uh, from a, a standpoint of putting gas to power, you're pretty well located with those power stations that could convert uh, from coal to gas. And uh, you've answered my question about the gas coming from Mozambique. And I think that's probably an interesting one because the, um, the owners of that pipeline would be wanting, I'm sure, to have a diversity of supply given what's going on in Mozambique. And they'd like to have some uh, local South African gas coming into that pipeline to meet the uh, demands from there customers uh, up the pipeline in uh, in Joburg and Pretoria. And Peter, perhaps if I could just add to that, the, the reality is with that pipeline um, to the Tamani field in, in Mozambique, it, it has been a, uh, a pipeline that provides now really South Africa's only source of gas. And that yeah. pipeline has been at capacity for uh, over half a decade. And as a result, Sasol that operates that pipeline 
is now unable to provide any bleed to any utilities in South Africa, and it goes to um, really the state-owned um, essential services only. So, so it really is a crisis in South Africa in terms of um, of energy and for for gas, and it has no other um, immediate source source of gas. There is uh, Renogen Energy, which is um, an Australian dual-listed company, which has uh, some natural gas exploration endeavours and indeed has South Africa's only production licence. But beyond that, um, there is no, really no other uh, onshore gas alternative. So turning to funding, Adam, uh, your company has recently raised some money. You've got just under $2 million, I understand, to invest in the project and, and possibly another like $1, $1.1 million if all the in-the-money options are exercised. Uh, what's the budget for the rest of this calendar year? Uh, and and we talk, you, you talked a little bit about the coming uh, pilot plant uh, production work as well. When do you think you'd be able to get into doing that? Yeah, look, the, the company at the moment, um, I would estimate, has approximately $1.5 million in cash. We've, we've obviously started our, our exploration in earnest. So, um, so we, we, we haven't hesitated in deploying capital into that endeavour. Uh, in terms of how far... And what we think we can achieve, we think it's quite a lot. I mean, as I said, the, the exploration in country that we're doing is, is not that expensive, Peter. We, we think we can easily, within our budget, within the next six months, not only complete the current AeroMag, but fly significant further AeroMag over large portions of our newly granted exploration rights, which haven't been assessed. And indeed, we still have funding to conduct potentially um, simple completion drilling in many areas of our new rights that we that have been granted in January that we haven't yet been able to uh, conduct drilling on. Remembering that the, the drilling can be particularly cost effective and there are, um, there are resources available in country in South Africa to do that. I would, would point out for all listeners that um, South Africa, like many countries at the moment, is somewhat challenged by by the onset of the COVID uh, virus and restrictions, and therefore some on-field exploration may be um, restricted uh, or not optimised by some of the restrictions that we have to abide by. And that's why we're going to focus on flying the AeroMag and doing those things that we can do in a very efficient way while, um, while those restrictions are in place. Yeah, and remotely remotely and safely, so that's good. Adam, thank you for that. That gives us a really good uh, top-to-bottom summary of where you are and, and where you're going. And uh, I'll be looking forward to getting you back in uh, six or seven months' time uh, and perhaps with a couple of your peers, uh, Invictus, who are up there in Zimbabwe, and um, Strata X, who are over in, uh, in uh, uh, Botswana, are looking at the same sort of thing, trying to you know find some additional energy supplies for that impoverished part of the world. So thanks for coming in today, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully talk again soon. My pleasure, Peter. Thanks a lot.